Hello, hola, and buenas, buenas. Today on Lacuna Galaxiana, we'll look at who the Galaxy signed at the transfer deadline, what that might mean for the Galaxy tactically, read some more tweets from the LA Galaxy community in the wake of the ACB's decision to return to the stands on May 6th, and look ahead to the Galaxy's away trip to Orlando City with our special guests and host of the Latin Proud Orlando podcast, Luis Carlos Pineda. We'll talk about all that, plus give you our Orlando City predictions next on Lacuna Galaxiana. Keep it locked here with us, LA Galaxy fam. G's up. Welcome to the podcast, hablemos de lo nuevo. For the G's, by the G's, que pasa en el terreno. Vienen jugadores y se van, traiga lo nuevo, a huevo. Doesn't matter where you're from, Salvador, Mexico, Honduras, Nicaragua. Todo mi Latino, come and listen for a hour, TikTok. Que traemos lo que quiere, todo lo que pasa dentro y fuera de las redes. Really? You don't know what it is. Reportamos con la lupa, voy y see at the dicks. En las buenas y en las malas, yo diré la verdad. Si cometen un error o tienen habilidad, la calidad del rival cuando viene a jugar. Facts. Yo no me muerdo la lengua. Got love for the crest in the city I came from. Los campeones de campeones y con copas we raise. Donde empezamos el programa, soy la voz de LA One. Welcome back to another episode of La Cuna Galaxiana, a podcast made with love for all you Galaxy fans out there and fans and the community. I hope everybody is doing well out there today. I'm Rob Halon. You can find me on the socials at El Escudero de LA. That's on Twitter and Instagram. You can find my articles at Last Word on Sports. As always, I have with me the ride or die G, the one and only homie, Ananda Karana. Ananda, how you feeling tonight? Tell us where they can find you. Uh. <laughs> Muy bien, Roberto. Uh, well, you, first you can find me uh, on Twitter and IG at Ananda Galaxiana. Pero primero, 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 sobre todo, um, bienvenidos a otro capítulo de La Cuna Galaxiana. Today is going to be a good one. Uh, buenos días, tardes o noches, como siempre, depende cuando estás escuchando este podcast. Y buckle your seats for this one. This should be a fun conversation with uh, all the things going on. I mean, this is a Orlando preview episode, but just news was, I mean, ever since Monday, really, ever since we recorded on Sunday, uh, following our first one of the season, just uh, let's just say, um, I guess, what's the equivalent of a Woj bomb in soccer? Whatever that is, uh, oh, bombs be dropping. What's his name? Fabrizio Romano. Uh, uh, here we go. Ah, uh, Fabri. Uh, uh, here we go. Yeah, shout yeah, out Fabrizio. Exactly. Anytime you want to come on the podcast, hermano, uh, <laughs> bienvenido. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, yeah, it, it's been a it's been a crazy week. Uh, we'll we'll get into it. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. Anandita, tenemos mucho de qué hablar hoy día. Tienes toda la razón. Pero antes de eso, eh, le quiero de Dar la gracia de nuevo a toda la afición de la Cuna Galaxiana por escuchar este podcast. Thank you once again to the Galaxy fam for supporting this podcast and liking what we do. Uh, we love reading your, your comments and we love getting your questions. We'll get into some of those a little bit later. Um, if you if you like what we're doing, uh, you can find us on Spotify. Hit that follow button. Get that notification bell ringing. Get that ring a ring and, uh, you know, get automatically notified of new episodes whenever we drop them, which is pretty regularly now, uh, you know, Tuesday morning. And um, usually like, what do you what would you say now, Ananda, like Friday where we're trying to get that preview out there usually? 
Mm, yeah, uh, Thursday or Friday. In this case, there's so much that happened this week. We're like, all right, let's just let's just wait till the the dust settles a little bit. But it doesn't seem like it's settling. By the way, we do have a game this Saturday, uh, which we'll talk about. Yeah, towards the end yeah. Of this, no, uh, I mean, er, er, later half of this podcast. Yeah, no. Every, everything that uh, <laughs> everything that that's that's happened, you know, kind of takes away from the fact that there is a soccer team around all this that's going on. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, thank you so much for uh, for your continued support. Um, if if you want to. You know, just pop in. Tell us who you're defending the badge was for this Orlando game coming up. Let us know. Uh, we would love to hear what you what you think about the pod, um, and you know how we can keep improving it for you guys. So, anyway, uh, thanks. Uh, while while we're, we're thanking people, thanks to to Luis for coming on a little bit later. We appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, um, we mentioned there's a bunch going on. We're going to talk about all that that happened this week. Uh, you know, I, I guess it makes sense to get into it chronologically. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to the first thing, man. Um, April 24th deadline day, it, it came and went, it came and went. And, you know, we do, we didn't get the, the winger we were expecting that we were going to get, um, you know, and, and that's significant because, you know, if, if Vanny is so intent on this four through three, he didn't get that winger. Obviously the galaxy can't correct that and get anybody in the summer window because of their, their ban. So this is their only one, their one and only shot to do something, and uh, they didn't get the winger. So, you know, that that tells us a couple things. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, they made two pickups, uh, Ananda. And, um, you know, so so the first one, they uh, they signed draft pick, super draft pick, Gino Vivi. Uh, and per club announcement, the LA Galaxy announced the signing of 2023 MLS Super draft pick Gino Vivi, who will be signed to a one-year contract with three club option years through 2026 and occupy an international roster spot. Of course, the Galaxy got that international roster spot from NYCFC. The midfielder will be added to the Galaxy roster pending receipt of his P1 visa. Uh, and yeah, they they coughed up 162 uh, and a half K in general allocation money in 2024 to New York City FC for that. Uh, like Josh Gessman said. Uh, very correctly. This is kind of like a, a trial to run, uh, you know, Gino Vivi because they're not paying that money this year. They're paying it next year. Uh, and, you know, he's much smarter than I am on this contract stuff. So I'm going to trust him on this. But um, Ananda, real quick impressions on on this pickup. Um, honestly, it's a uh, it's a funny one because I don't even know if he's going to get that much playing time in the first team, Robert. No, I mean, one of the things that Josh was talking about was uh, that was really interesting was that okay so we got this international roster spot right which Gino Vivi occupies um, right cuz he came from you know Saprisa and Costa Rican correcto so the thing that he uh, Josh was talking about which was really interesting and I and I well let's just um say what what he thought and then we can kind of like speculate cuz <laughs> I have an opinion on this but essentially like what we could do or what we could see is the front office maybe making moves before the move so for example you would drop vv down to galaxy 2 he would sign for galaxy 2 which opens up a an international roster slot and then b obviously um another slot for someone to come in right so for example the example that he used which by the way we're not going to get this player we should not get this player but the example is if james rodriguez wanted to come over um that would that would have freed up that slot right now in this case since we have the summer transfer ban we cannot do that so it would have to be someone intra-league for example 
Um, so, you know, again, uh, uh, so one of the names that we were, was, was floating out there was Paul Ariola, for example, but it could be, um, you know, someone, uh, within the league, uh, that would on, occupy that international roster slot, uh, potentially. So, um, could be the move before the move, but to be honest, uh, well, we do have Will Koontz, but I think that's giving the Galaxy front office a little too much credit, is my personal opinion. Uh, I don't know if they're that we they haven't shown us to be that capable yet, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, so I thought just uh, a weird, a funny one. I didn't, you know, not, let's just say underwhelming, but um, curious to see if this leads to something else in the summer. Mm. You know, I, I, I slept on the cool side of the pillow last night. I am going to give the Galaxy credit. I think this is the move before the move. Like, they couldn't get the piece that they wanted over the line. So they're like, okay, let's get the pieces in order so that when we can make moves, which could very well be in the summer by making moves through, you know, trades interleague, they, they could get that piece that they want. Um, I'm hoping that's what happened. Like I said, Galaxy, on this one, prove me right. I'm I'm pulling for you on this one. I think that... Between Will Koontz and, and Greg Vanny, they have a good vision of where they want to go, who they want, and they're going to get him um, in the summer, obviously yeah. now. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we'll we'll move on. So welcome to the LA Galaxy officially, Gino Vivi. Uh, welcome, G. I hope you do nothing but wonderful things. I hope you turn into the next effing messy. Good God. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll keep it moving. So they, they made another move. Uh, they signed former Galaxy 2 and U.S. under 20 defender Mauricio Cuevas. Uh, Cuevas is coming back. I really like his game, man. Um, but anyway, per the Galaxy's announcement, the LA Galaxy today announced that the club has acquired U.S. U-20 men's youth national team defender. Damn, that is a tongue twister. Mauricio Cuevas from Belgian pro league side Club Bruch. KV. That's kind of like bush, bush. Anyway, uh, Cuevas will be signed to a three-year contract through the end of the 2025 MLS season with two club option years through 2027. Of uh, course, pending receipt of his ITC. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, like I said, I really like his game. I don't know how much you know about Cuevas, uh, but what, what do you think about this signing? Uh, good depth option. Um, because he is a right-sided defender, so he can fill in at right back if we're playing a back four. He can fill in the Lucas Caligari spot, which is at right center back. Um, you know, uh, per Vanny's comments, you know, he he's not one of those guys that really bombs up and down. But I'm guessing profile-wise, he's going to be very similar to Aude. Not so much like maybe stature or the height of Aude, but basically like profile, meaning so he's got really good defensive positioning and awareness. He knows when to join the attack and when to uh, retreat. He's got good defensive, like combative capabilities. So, you know, I, look, I'm going to trust the Galaxy on this one because we've been two for two. Well, so far, Aude's only played one game, I understand. But we've been two for two so far on these sort of profiled, young, fullback, wingback sort of defender options so far this season. So two for two, I'm going to trust think him it, on that. And we, it's, sorry, sorry. I'm going to push back on that real quick. You think... Well, you know, Caligari has like what three games under his belt. Aude has a start, I think, a full ninety minutes. I, I don't remember if he if he got subbed off, but do you think it's enough of a sample size to say it's a hit? Oh, I I could tell by just the way they play and the way they fit the system. That's the thing, right? So a lot of players right. when they come in, yeah. Th- th- so last one I wasn't too faithful on the front office, but this time I'm going to be faithful <clears throat> on these players, right? Because 
from what I've seen so far, they've showed me enough like ability and performance wise. Like, you know, I feel much more confident, let's say with like Caligari than someone like Leardom, especially for the system. Right. So that's that's where I'm hopeful on this one. And hopefully, um, like I said, I've got a little more faith on this particular signing based off of great granted small sample size, but really, really good um, signs so far what I see on the pitch. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> you put a uh, a tweet out there for for our um, followers on on Twitter, and you were basically asking, you know, uh, who had some questions leading up to this recording. Um, the homie at Uncle Dishwasher said, "Now that transfer window is closed, what letter grade would you give the Galaxy in their entire offseason first transfer window moves?" Also. Do you give them credit for not making a panic buy or criticism for not getting more legitimate winger help across the line? So, you know, I, I answered and then, you know, I, I guess I, I ruined it just just like uh, uh, El Vato Inglés que, que hace de Spider-Man. Oh, you know, they never like let him in on the Marvel secrets because he also let him, lets him out. Apparently yeah. I'm that guy. Um, but, you know, apparently I wasn't supposed to, you know. Uh, answer Theo Dishwasher, but hopefully um, wherever you are, you're listening and much love uh, for for the comment. Yeah. So uh, what I told him was, you know, like uh, essentially I'm I'm okay with with what they did because, yeah, I I think it can be commended that they showed restraint. They didn't just sign any old player. Like if if they get criticism for signing, you know, old washed up players to, to bad contracts like, okay, then if we're not going to sign a player who's going to help this team, I'm okay with them standing pat. You know, secondly, they made it two, uh, two signings that either A, are going to set the Galaxy up for success a little bit later because I think Gino Vivi can contribute to this team as a depth piece. Uh, I haven't seen enough of his game to be like, okay, yes, he's going to be a success or not a success. But, you know, based on stats, based on everything that I've been reading about him and, and based on... Uh, how the galaxy uh, worked to get get his deal over the line for from Saprisa, then then yeah, I think he can either be that heavy like make weight a little bit later for a deal, or be a, a nice contributor for this team. And and, and of course, uh, Cuevas, like I said, I really like his game. He he was doing really well for for G two before he left for for Belgium. It was a shame that he even left. Um, he would have been. He probably would have been in this first team already. Uh, he probably would have been in it last year alongside Julian Araujo. Um, from what I've seen in his game, that I, I, I dig it a little bit more than than old number seven over there. So, um, you know, and, and we've seen Vanny give young players a chance, uh, a la Jalen Neal. So anyway, um, all that to say, you know, it wasn't a great transfer window. We didn't get that that winger over the line that that everybody wanted. That that was going to be a difference maker. Um, but I gave it a, a C plus or a B minus because we bought some, we brought in some pieces for the future, uh, and I feel like they're good pieces for for either uh, playing or for for dealing. Um, and yeah, so uh, Uncle Dishwasher, I hope that answered your question. Uh, Ananda, what, what do you feel like? Uh, what, what what grade would you give this window? And and do you do you feel like they can be commended for not making a panic buy? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm probably I wrote in my notes like I'm a C C plus. Uh, don't forget, Robert. We also, if you look at the window as a whole, I will not. So we started getting four. We started getting four free agents, right? And I don't know if that's what you're going to go to next. Um, but we started 
uh, getting so the four free agents memo Boyd Mavinga Rousset. It's funny though because I had thought Tyler Boyd was going to be a depth option. He's now our starting winger. R- really quick, really our only true. Really quick, yeah. Before we go any forward, I want to take this opportunity to have our second Catalan lesson of the pod really quick because we were in the stadium and the other day and uh you know what uh, oh yeah yeah nuestro amigo Miguel Araujo siempre hace un, un, un trabajo impresionante but not even I knew how to like of course well not like that's a big thing but like I, I didn't know how to say this either so uh Ananda tell us how to say um the other Spaniard in the team's name correctly the other free agent we got yeah so it's uh Uriol Rousse. So it's I know it's with an O. That's why he has Uri on the back of his shirt, because O's are U's in cattle in Catalan. So it's Uriol and then it's not Roselle or Rousse. Roselli. Uh it's Rousse. Rousse. Like it's it's like a it's like a Rousse. Yes. Rousse. Correcto. Hey, there we go. Well exactly. uh you know, uh, we haven't really seen a lot of him, um, but we're probably going to see some more of him against Colorado. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. before I cut you off, where were you? I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just saying. So remember that we did get those four free agents, Memo, Boyd, Mavinga and Rousse. And I was just saying Tyler Boyd is actually a starter now. Not just a depth piece. So that turned out OK. Um, we got uh, Caligari, Aude. And remember, we got Michovic, which that's an interesting one. I think there's going to be a little bit more in the future there. Maybe we use one of the goalkeepers as trade bait. We'll see. Um, but like you said, we really needed that winger. Um, and the other thing that we've talked about, Robert, and which I'm surprised, and this is why I kind of downgraded. I mean, to be honest, it's probably like even a C minus because you and I were not happy with the fact that we knew this transfer ban was, transfer ban was coming. And yet we had, we waited so long to get the roster ready and didn't make any moves before the season started. And it took what a six, seven game slide for us to kind of like pick ourselves up. So now we're starting on the back foot, right? So from that perspective, I had to downgrade it like a grade or, or half a grade because, I mean, we should have been ready, you know, roster wise. I Now, granted, yes, there no, was you're right. unexpected injuries that came. Yes, there's people that left unexpectedly. Uh, Julian was a big, big one. Um, Grand Seer also, it's turning out to be that way. So um, now it's interesting. Had we gotten our target, Ariola, I would have upgraded it to a B or B plus because I think he's a good player. Um, I saw a lot of uh, mixed, I would say mixed reactions to Ariola, but, you know, we saw him this year. I think he's still a quality player. I was had about we gotten it. a target like that, yeah, had we gotten a target like that, I would have upgraded <clears throat> it. But, yeah, probably about a C. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm inclined to, to factor that in as well, like – you know, I don't think it drops yeah. them all the way down to a C minus, but, you know, maybe a C, C plus. But uh, see, they didn't get that winger. So what what does that mean for the Galaxy tactically? Does that does that mean that Vanny's going to lean into that three, five, two a little bit? Is it like three, five, two or Muerte now or what? I think for sure in the short term. Yeah, uh, I think he's just going to go with what's working um, like it's that old adage, like, don't fix it uh, unless it's broken. So we've got a little bit of momentum on this. I think it co- I think what the 3-5-2 does is it really complements the skill sets, especially of our new signings, Calagari and Aude, uh, as well as Boyd. Um, it takes Memo out of the front three, which for me, as I said last podcast, he wasn't offering anything for me up there. Um, now, the interesting thing is, though, if I know we love this man, but, you know, on paper, 
I would think that you would start like if anyone start with the four three three on paper, you would start with Boyd, Douglas, and Chicharito as your front three, right? Like on paper. I don't know if he's gonna ever. I don't know if it's gonna ever get to that point, Robert. But like the only way I see it, like because you said three five two or muerte, right? The only way I see it coming back to the four three three because of the roster that we have now. Because like I said, I don't want to put another midfielder there in my front three. I, I and I think Vanny's starting to realize it's he's not getting his bang for his buck. So unless he goes with two strikers, because I don't think he's going to play day on winger either. He's got to start. I mean, it, the the formation would have to go to, or the starting lineup would have to go to Boyd and Douglas on the wings. That's the only way I see it. I don't know if it's, like I said, don't know if it's going to get to that point before the next transfer window when we might do some <clears throat> transactions intra-league. But yeah, for now, we've got to stick with the 3-5-2, man. So... We're sticking with the three five two. I, I agree. I think we're leaning into that. I think Vanny sees that it's just not working to to put non wingers out there. Now he has Douglas back. He has Boyd back. Now he he can play that four through three if he wants. But I don't really think uh, he's seeing the results from that, that that he wants. So yeah, I think we might be sticking with that three five two first. But uh, do you think that this team can? win as currently constructed like you know with, with the pieces they have playing the 3-5-2 do you think they can make that stated goal of the western conference finals uh i think that in terms of the western conference finals i think that's too early i think i need to see if something happens in the summer if there's a trade that needs to be made because look we've got trade chips now we've got efra potentially have a, another goalkeeper um, you know, we've got some pieces that we can move around. If someone needs a winger and a goalkeeper, you know, I think there's something to be said there. So I think as it is right now, uh, well, let's put it this way. I mean, if we, if we have to play LAFC, if we're like the eighth seed and we have to play LAFC first round, well, you can kiss that one goodbye, I think. Um, but cause I, I just don't think like, I don't know. I just I haven't seen the consistency yet, obviously. But, you know, give it time. My my opinion could change. Like I could see them maybe the next 10 games with a 3-5-2 and maybe we see some things that turn our heads and say, oh, OK, uh, maybe there's something here. So but as of right now, no, I don't see it, man. I mean, we're going to win some games for sure. I think we're going to be a playoff team, but I don't think we're going to I don't think we're going to get reached the Western Conference finals. Uh, yeah, no, I, I could tend to agree with that. I don't think that we have that 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 last piece i think we were missing that last piece so you know we and we've already talked about kind of like how what faces the galaxy in the, in the summer you know they got to make any kind of deal through interleague trades or, or or you know some mechanism that we haven't even thought of because again we're i myself are i'm not that smart and will coons is a genius apparently at, at working the books in in mls so um yeah so anyway i mean we have two new players coming in uh, uh you know, obviously, you mentioned all all the all the new signings this year, so um, it takes a moment to gel. So hopefully, they 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 do that. Uh, it doesn't sound like Gino Vivi is going to be ready to go against Orlando because he's he's awaiting his P one visa. But it it you know potentially Cuevas might be available. I mean he he has a a U S passport. Um, and he is not injured. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if he's going to be available against Colorado, but it might be interesting to see if he is, if he gets some playing time. Um, so anyway, like I said, welcome to those G's and now to the fight 
amongst cheese, Ananda, uh, which is, uh, you know, we, we told people we we're going to kind of cover things chronologically today. And, and um, you know, so we had that transfer window go down. Uh, and then, you know, um, yesterday, uh, you know, Tuesday was was kind of uneventful. Like, you know, it was just mostly fallout from from the signings and stuff like that or, or the lack of the big signing. But, um, you know, I woke up on on Wednesday really early because Kobe was sick. Uh, he was throwing up all night. And anybody who knows me knows that I, I love my dog more than anything in life. So I was really worried to sit up all night with my dog. And that meant that I was up, you know, really, really early in the morning and kind of just like checking out some news on Twitter. And, you know, I saw uh, <clears throat> a kind of just say a random offhand comment from from a G out there and, and kind of the saying like that he was bummed about an email and, and you know, naturally me, curious me, I, I uh, popped in and I was like, you know, tell me more basically. And, and you know, then a couple people popped into my DMs telling me like, hey, he's talking about this email. It, it seems like ACB has voted to go back on May 6th. And I was I was shook, man. I was like, what? Nah, that that's that's incredible. Like what, what's, what's going on here. Uh, and then, you know, a couple people sent me the email that, that they, um, sent out to, you know, members to announce that they were going back on May 6th. Um, and so anyway, I'll read that email real quick. Uh, below you will find the voting results, ACB members. Uh, we have sent a letter to the FO stating that ACB will return to the stands on May 6th. But our protest for accountability and change does not end here. We will continue to voice our displeasure with the current situation if we see some real change. And then it shows the vote count, 129 votes, 81 yes, 35 no. So uh, this essentially means that the ACB is returning to the stands on May 6th. Um, naturally, I had a bunch of questions. Uh, that's, again, that's just me. Like, I, I, I see something, I, I read something, and I'm just like, ooh, why? Or... You know, like, why was it done that way? Like, so anyway, um, I, I tweeted this, this, you know, email out. Uh, I kind of felt like it, it was pretty important to, to get that news out there. Um, and that's when this goddamn Galaxy supporter civil war broke out, man. And people just started going at each other. Uh, it was wild. A, a G out there put it. It was like the Royal Rumble, uh, but the G's version. Um but yeah, man, before we go any further and, you know, before we get things twisted, you know, like if I just want to say, like, if I understand things correctly, uh, what I get from that email is that 81 votes um, <clears throat> were enough votes to win the day for ACB to vote to return to the stands. Um, from what I understand, they have a membership of about 400. Um, I did ask a couple of ACB members why they didn't vote uh and from what i get it was just like hey you know i got busy and I, I i didn't do it um you know furthermore they held separate discussions with the fo uh it's you know people are, are saying they got a list of concessions um you know like i none of that is substantiated uh we can't just throw out accusations out there uh but what we do know is that they did not consult with the other supporter groups before they decided to return so we're going to pause it there ananda so far what do you think of this telenovela uh it's crazy man I, you know the only thing uh again because uh for me i'm not in a supporter group so i and probably like 
I'm just looking at this from an outsider looking in, and I'm probably the last person to sort of, you know, look at in terms of like, hey, like, you know, what is what do you have to think about this? Because I'm I, I don't understand the dynamics between but within and between supporter groups. So I'm my points of view are strictly like from the outsider looking in, right? But my first thought was sort of like you in terms of more inquisitive than anything, like just more curious. Like what I thought about was, you know, it left me with more questions than answers. So for example, you know, 81 votes out of hundreds of members, like, okay, so there's got, there's an issue with voter turnout, right? Like you, like you just mentioned. Um, And it was funny. I saw uh, someone tweet about like, and again, I don't want this to get political or any, this is not a politics show or anything like that. But I saw a funny tweet basically comparing this to, you know, why the Dems haven't won elections lately because voter turnout, et cetera. So that, I thought that was kind of funny. Yes. It's Um, not a political pod, but today of all days, I feel like it's important to remember Emmett Till. Uh, may his memory be a blessing. Anyway, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. And then the fact that they didn't consult with other supporter groups on this. Again, I don't understand the dynamics between the supporter groups, but just as a, I don't know, like a no say, like a rational person or human being, like I thought we were kind of in this fight together, sort of as a unit, right? As a team, as a... Um, you know, just as a as a as a unit, like combating this thing that's been an issue or really like the virus of the last 10 years of the galaxy. Um, and so I thought that, again, that's probably a whole separate conversation that deserves another podcast. But I thought that was fairly interesting. Um, and yeah, you know, it's um, I, I, again, we'll probably just, I'll let you keep going on this because I know there's a lot of other points that we want to bring up. But those are my initial reactions more questions um then i guess answers yeah i was on the same tip man so i definitely started poking around some more and some more folks sent me um some more emails uh you know that were kind of going back and forth between the group the the supporters group and the fo and so basically what that boils down to is uh part of the email breaks down the the communication timeline so one is the acb emailed the fo uh you know they they decided to work together on on a list of of things kind of like action points to move forward uh point two is client sends an email to the season ticket members which you know we saw which is uh you know that happened while i was in mexico city which i i miss and the food um anyway uh point number three or you know thing number three that happened is acb emailed for clarification on a couple of points um basically what they meant uh by you know their progress or like you know like how well they did in the playoffs or trying to clarify that uh he replied um you know he said that it was western conference semifinals if they didn't make it therefore he would step down uh acb emailed back and they said it wasn't enough for the return to the stands and they uh emailed another letter to that to the supporter group asking you know um well uh the fo emailed with some points and timelines and and action points like hey this is when we're going to get these things done um essentially uh there there was a tweet out there that um, I kind of got duped for a quick sec. I think it was about like 30 seconds into retweeting because I thought it was our, our good friend Kevin Baxter that that actually put it out. And uh, it was actually a parody account. But uh, it actually essentially uh, puts down what, what the what the list of demands was succinctly. So it wasn't Kevin Baxter, but, um, 
you know, it, I don't I don't think it was misrepresenting anything. So basically, uh, they, they want to create a culture of accountability and transparency within the front office. The way they're going to do that is, uh, you know, they, they made client side a commitment of a personal statement to the fans. Uh, they want to make on-field success a focus and priority. Uh, that means they want to make the playoffs every year and win a championship prior to the end of 2024. That means an MLS Cup or a Champions League or an Open Cup. Um, they want to foster a positive relationship with FO and supporters. They they want um, clear communication with the front office and supporter groups. Uh, they want to establish monthly meetings with the front office, including uh, the president, Chris Klein, and Dan Beckerman for at least two meetings a season. Uh, they want to include the supporter groups in selection and onboarding of front office supporter liaisons, which is kind of important, you know, because you, you want to make sure that whoever your the supporter groups are dealing with uh, from the team actually get that supporter culture. So um, I, I feel like that one's a really, really big one. Not to say that any of the other ones are not, but I feel like that one's real big because uh, we'll see that a little bit later in their uh, list of you know asks basically uh, so they want to improve value for supporters including season ticket member benefits concessions amenities and better overall stadium experience uh, they want to su- provide that supporter centric season ticket member stadium and modernization plan like I said they that that's where we see that supporter culture like does the liaison get the supporter culture that's where that's going to come into play uh, they want to improve security relations with um, education programs for security on supporters culture and collaboration for policies and game day experience uh, they're going to provide and execute a security communication education program for that to happen I feel like that one's important too I feel like uh, you know uh, friend of the pod um sorry i forget your your handle but leslie out there i hope you're listening to the pod uh basically you're saying yeah the the security at the other digs is extra they definitely are um i i answered her back like sometimes you know my, my mom brings in her uh, medicine bag uh they just wave her through sometimes they they damn near strip searcher uh about the medicine bag so you know consistency fellas over there um you know, so that's basically what they asked for. Uh, you know, one of those that points that I made was that, um, you know, John Maltra, which is a, in the front office over there, and, and he's a really good guy, actually. Um, when, whenever I've dealt with him, you know, he uh, emailed a couple of points back. You know, they're, they're going to d- discuss rivalry match ticket allotment. That's effective immediately. Um, they're going to begin conversations around launching a LA Galaxy fan council that should be taking effect around May. Uh, backfill supporter relations staff that should be around May monthly meetings between fan engagement and supporter groups may uh, discuss ticket uh, pricing concerns around June also in June uh, host a meeting with security to discuss that supporter culture and discuss food beer pricing in July um, and then you know they they also let the group know though that whenever there's a celebration there's pyrotechnics they won't be in charge of you know that fine anymore so I feel like that's uh Kind of big to clarify as well, um, even though we see paratechnics elsewhere in the league. Um, so anyway, that's basically what everybody sent me. Um, that That's basically like a, a, a nice list of asks. Um, everything makes sense to me and why they would ask for that. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, as I said earlier, Ananda, they didn't really speak to anybody. And I think that's uh, the other supporter groups main point of contention is that they weren't spoken to as, you know, supporter groups that came into this together. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think people were, were saying, you know, like, Hey, they didn't hold the line. So anyway, now that you hear all the, these lists of concessions, um, give me your quick reaction to that. 
Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, just building off your point, it, it makes sense, you know, the concessions that they were, I guess, asking for. I think uh, w- when I take a step back and think about this holistically, as you were saying before, you know, this whole, I'm going to call it a movement, right? Like this whole boycott, this whole movement was really about holding the line. And that's what I've been seeing um, conversations on Twitter. And that's re- that was really the intent of this is holding the line until... Uh, the supporter groups, you know, got what they wanted, which was getting Chris Klein out of there. Right. So um, I think in terms of like that piece of it and not and just kind of having this as a like a piecemealed sort of part of the movement, I think I think that was a bit of a, of a detriment to what what the groups were trying to establish, I think, as, as a whole. Um, I I've saw, you know, conversations and and comments about like you know maybe this, this like sends bad a bad rep or a bad signal um again for what you know obviously the acb had their list of requirements that they felt they had to be met and from a vote that wasn't a that wasn't a i would say a total vote of all the members it was a you know 25 or 30 percent of the representation essentially uh just based off of that you know sort of uh trigger or that sort of um piece uh they decided to go back into the stand so i think that was one piece that was i, I for me i'll just call it interesting like i'm just trying to be as political as possible as well i thought that was kind of interesting i i you know again i thought it was a little um uh, a little counter counterproductive to the entire movement but you know robert like the thing that really got to me and maybe you know we'll just this is going to be sort of one of my last points before we sort of sign off on this and then I'll let you kind of do your piece but you know I, I Mike Gray friend of the podcast Mike Gray uh I thought you know summed it up best I think I saw his tweet I think it was on Wednesday or maybe it was this morning but you know he basically said Galaxy Twitter is a very sad place the last couple of days and that's the part that got to me was like the infighting and the okay like you know i think the backlash to acb from like twitter i think that's everyone has the right to their own opinions everyone has the right to criticize everyone has the right to criticize the team so that therefore everyone has the right to criticize each other's opinions right but in my opinion some people just took it way too personal way too far in the comments death, 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 um death. they were overly confrontational they were demeaning they were borderline disrespectful not and borderline, so definitely disrespectful. Mike, you know yeah and like and like to me like that's like mike said twitter was a very sad place like you know we're guys like remember we're on the same team we all want the same thing we want to win right like at the end of the day i can 100 percent say that you know all of us we want the team to win right now we can all have our, our differences with how we get there um you know, and but we all at the end of the day need to respect each other's opinions. And like, like, I don't appreciate when someone tells me how I should support my team. And so when you do that in a very like confrontational, disrespectful way, I think that's the part that made me sad and made me like really uncomfortable. Like, like I told you and everyone on the show on air live, like I'm very much a conflict avoidance person. So that makes me uncomfortable anyways. But when I see that on Twitter, I don't know, man. That that's the part that got to me, and that's the part that made me a little bit sad, to be honest. Yeah, no, it, it was really hard seeing G go at G, um, and that happened for a, a couple of hours, and then uh, 
ACB released their official response. And really quick, uh, as this was going on, you know, I was trying to get in touch with each respective uh, supporter group, like president or like member of leadership that could give me a comment on this. And uh, everyone was nice enough to give me comment. Um, you know, I, I feel like everybody is, like you said, you know, doing the best they can. Uh, they're, they love this team and they're, they're trying to support this team. Um, you know, so like I said, and, and that includes, uh, ACB leadership as well. Like they, they were nice enough to, you know, uh, give me comment and, um, you know, so no, 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 uh, issues there with like anybody or any supporter group, you know, trying to, to hide anything, but, um, you know, they did release an official comment. Um, it is quite lengthy and you know i know we we want to get to this orlando preview so i'm not going to read all of it but um you know the, the highlights are basically is that they say they've always uh stood for supporting the team through thick and thin um and uh they said a breaking point was reached the recorded action um they said that the boycott was uh unprecedented um they were trying to hold the la galaxy accountable and change uh have changed throughout the levels organization during that time they attempted to listen to what the members wanted to see changed um you know so they they wanted to get some metrics in writing that could be agreed upon uh they felt like that was achieved enough for them to return to the stands on may 6th they say the protests will now move into the stadium and the stands uh in consultation with our members we found an energy to make our displeasure heard within the stands. We will continue to voice our displeasure at the current regime and continue to ensure accountability that we deserve. Um, this will be an effort that is not fixed in one game, uh, but we're confident that we continue to work toward a brighter future with the promises Klein and the front office have made to Angel City Brigade. This is just one step in continuing the journey as we move ahead. Uh, yeah, so like you said, people, they put that out and people just went in. I think they went in a little too hard. Uh, understandably, people were upset. I think uh, anybody rationally can understand why people were upset. Uh, optics are, are are bad on this one. Um, and, you know, whether it's that's right or wrong, and I hate that that's sometimes right, uh, most often right, perception is is basically what, what people are going to believe, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with this, Ananda. Um after all that broke, uh, somebody uh, tweeted out today um, a tax document, which basically shows that ACB owes uh, around 29K um, to good old Uncle Sam. Um, you know, just really quickly, I was uh, in a meeting about a year and, year and a couple months ago uh, where they where they talked about this topic and out of respect to them I won't I won't share what was said uh, as well as the fact that I was you know off the record I was working on another story so um, but it, it's definitely not as nefarious as it seems uh, you know I feel like the people that are there now are in just inherited a bad situation and are doing the best they can to get things resolved I don't feel like they're uh, you know, trying to play at anybody. I feel like if anything, they're trying to be transparent with the members like, Hey, this is a problem. We have, you know, it's bad. We got to take care of it though. Um, I'll leave you guys on this with, uh, you know, just some quick points from a really, really good th thread that at Sam with three M's underscore R Y uh, puts out where, where she basically, you know, uh, people were going crazy like, oh, my God, they, they've been hiding this like, no, they haven't been hiding this like this is public information on the IRS website. Anybody could have found it just like uh, the G that did, um, you know, so 
she's talking about how the the narrative is that the FO paid off the ACB. There's absolutely no, uh, you know, proof to that. You know, I, I I'm gonna be you know the first one to call people out on things if if there's you know fisticuffs out there or like not fisticuffs if there's like anything untoward um it doesn't seem like that at least not that we know of yet uh so anyway she she has a really really good thread geez if you have a moment to uh you know read it her her um handles at sam uh that's Sam with three M's underscore R Y it's like 11 or 12 tweets, but it's really, really good. Um, and you know, out of respect to her, because I feel like this isn't just like a tweet. I feel like this is kind of more like a, like a, a treatises or thoughts on like what's happening right now out of respect to her. I don't want to read it, you know, uh, word for word or, um, you know, I'll, I'll let just you guys go ahead and read it, but yeah, man, it's, it's a sad time. Um, G's are going at it. I don't like it. Um, we really should be, uh, going at other people, Ananda, like the Seattle Sounders, who we were drawn to play against today in the round of 32 in the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. Uh, they're going to be playing at home. That match is on Wednesday, May 10th. But before we get to anything regarding that match, of course, we're going to bring you that Orlando uh, City preview. Um, and so, yeah, uh, geez, let's go ahead and spread that love. And, you know, um, We'll go ahead and introduce our good friend, Luis Carlos Pineda. He is the host of Loud and Proud Orlando, a Orlando City podcast. If you want to check out what's going down in Orlando and what's going down with that roster, go ahead and check out his pod. Luis, welcome to the show. Welcome to La Cuna Galaxiana. Como te sientes? How is the East Coast today? No, it's hot and humid here in Orlando. Uh, I must say, uh, definitely uh, excited to be part of your podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. And, you know, I look forward to speak to all the LA Galaxy fans, a club that honestly I hold dear to my heart. Hey. Because before Orlando had a, uh, before Orlando had a team, before Orlando had a team, I would definitely kill it in, on FIFA with the LA Galaxy, <laughs> with Robbie Keane and, and all those cats. So I always kept in touch with LA Galaxy. So uh, there's always a little piece of LA Galaxy in my heart. So um, very respect. excited to be here. So yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you know, we, we have a saying over here uh, in Galaxy Land. Once a G, always a G. So, you know, a little part of you is always going to be a G. So, you know, welcome uh, yeah. my fellow G onto the podcast. Um, <laughs> before we go any further, let the people know, you know, I let them know that you have uh, the podcast, but where can they find you on the socials? Yeah, we are on Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. Every Monday at 830, we are live uh, on YouTube on our YouTube channel, Loud and Proud Orlando. You can search it on the YouTube bar. And, you know, um, if you want to hear us uh, after the fact, because of work and things that happen in life, nos pueden escuchar en Spotify y en Apple Podcasts también. Así que you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Vamos a estar ahí. We're going to have all our episodes there. Y, y miren, banda, es importante apoyar eh, you know, porque lo hacemos con mucho amor eh, te traemos eh, 
esa información de nuestros clubes queridos para que la gente sepa lo que está pasando en la comunidad, bien sea bueno o malo, les queremos dejar saber lo que está pasando con sus equipos. So, uh, again, Luis, thank you for being on. And yeah, you can catch this pod as well on, uh, you know, anywhere you, you catch your, your fine podcast. You can catch it on Google, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts as well. You know what to do, fam. Give us that five stars. Hit that notification bell. That'll let you know whenever we have a show coming up. Uh, you can go ahead and leave us some comments like who won defending the badge uh, against Orlando. Um, who knows? Who it might not be anybody like that's actually happened this year. But hopefully uh, a couple people step up and it'll be hard for me and Ananda. Um, of course, the Galaxy is coming off their first win of the season. Uh, that 2-0 win over Austin. Orlando City, um, on the other hand, lost their last match 3-1 at home. Um, and and honestly, by everything that I've seen, they've been a lot better on the road this year. So, um, you know, but I'm going to I'm gonna kick it over to to the man himself. You know, what what have you seen so far uh, in Orlando City's season? Yeah, uh, um, I, mean, I mean, the Orlando City fan, it's uh, right now, it's uh, hurt. Right, I think they're voicing their discontent as well um, with how the club cannot win at home uh, at all. <laughs> so uh, the home record of Orlando City last season was atrocious. This year is like disastrous. It's 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 uh, bad. Now um, I feel like we have uh, this team. Uh, was was built uh, was giving all the tools um, to Oscar Pareja to build a squad this year to uh, MLS Cup was the goal right ambitious goal uh, for a small market like Orlando but definitely um, I think getting Facundo Torres for thirty million dollars uh, Martin Ojeda de Godoy Cruz eh, traerlo por siete millones eh, You know, you have Gaston Gonzalez that he killed it in Copa Libertadores last season uh, for like four million. So uh, the wallet was open for and the pieces were there. Um, some players left. The junior Urso uh, went to Curitiba in Serie A Brasil uh, mm. and a couple more. But Orlando had a squad. The thing is, they're not able. I feel like. Right now, Orlando is not able to put the, their best lineup at home. I don't know if it's uh, something tactically. For example, DC, a team that doesn't have maybe the names that Orlando has right now. Why did they win last game? Because of the three line of three that Orlando put defensively. Uh, on the road, a line of three, uh, you are going to use your wings to counter to counter. And, 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 and attack and that's what Orlando did through for Minnesota against Minnesota but that that same line of three doesn't work when you have Ruan as your as your win back uh you know uh somebody that already knows how pareja uh plays and also with another dynamic um backs win backs so they have better win backs than us Uh, right now, Orlando is going through some roster situations with uh, Duncan McGuire, which is our only firepower that we have right now. Um, the he he killed it in college, scored like over 13, 14 goals, I believe, and he is one of the top scorers in the team now. And he's probably going to be out. 
uh, he, he hasn't seen in training. He hasn't been seen in training. Uh, also, Luca Petrasso, which usually is our right, um, our left back, it's probably not going to play. As well as Mikey Holiday, uh, under twenties, US under twenties, it's probably not going to play either. So r- this is why Pareja maybe felt that the three center backs, Rodrigo, Jensen, and Antonio Carlos, with two win backs like. Angulo and Gonzalez was going to work. The problem with Angulo and Gonzalez is that they don't they don't play defensively, they play offensively. So when you have dynamic players, dynamic uh backs, you know, play you're playing against dynamic backs like Ruan in the case of DC, like against Nashville, we lost against Nashville too. Um it costs them to go and and defend. So it, they leave a lot of spaces. And it makes the center back's duty harder, twice as harder, because they have to cover for the win backs that cannot come back to to their position, right? So uh, right now, um, what are the expectations out of this game against LA Galaxy? Is win no matter how, but we have to win. I mean, I think the the crowd is uh, very upset. Uh, I was there covering the team. Uh, Minute 85, people were leaving. Uh, and uh, it brought memories of Orlando City back in 2017. Now, there's also a lot of people forget, you know, U.S. Open Cup. You know, Orlando is the U.S. Open Cup champion. Uh, and it is the first major trophy in Orlando City, in Orlando as a city, period. I mean, Orlando choked against the Lakers, right, in 2009, right? It's true. They choked against the Lakers and, you know, has not been able to reach MLS Cup ever. Uh, first playoff berth in 2018, right? So Orlando, the Orlando fan is, was yearning for silverware and they finally got it under Pareja. So right now what's happening is because of this bad form at home, there is a section of the crowd that's Papi in. Papi, they, we call him Papi because he used to call himself Papi and all that stuff, right? People are puppy in and puppy out, Ooh. right? And so, and it's causing them to clash on Twitter, and and you know, it's just part of the folklore of soccer. But you guys it, it's, too, it's, oh man, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's it's pretty crazy. It's the first it's the first year I see so much tension amongst the fan base uh, when it comes to a, a coach that has provided you silverware. Like if if Pareja maybe would have not uh, gotten the U.S. Open Cup, then I probably would have said, yeah. But I mean, the season is long. So me as an Orlando, uh, you know, not only supporter, but also, you know, as a journalist, I feel like there's still a glimmer of hope. The thing is, Pareja needs to find out what system to use against what specific team. And I think that's what's the problem. And there's a lot of the DPs that are not really playing the way they should. Right. And I think the players, uh, he's covering a lot for the players. I feel some players who step up and definitely say, Hey, you know what? I'm definitely not performing the way I am. Or there needs to be a conversation being talked to, uh, una conversación entre Facundo y el coach. Eh, coach, no me pongas de extremo derecho, ponme de 10. Porque en Peñarol yo jugaba de 10. Pero no hay la, esa conversación, creo. Entonces, eh, es difícil para pareja saber en qué jugadores juegan en cuál posición. Ya, yeah, entonces suena como que 
pareja mismo es como que un poco rígido en su táctica, no, no quiere ver, sí, dar sí. el brazo a torcer, eh, sabes que tenga los pies para jugar así, que, you know, actually, Anand and I were talking about earlier, Vanny actually likes playing a 4-3-3 normally, he's been playing in a 3-5-2 because he has, that's what he has to play with right yeah. now. Um, Luis is uh, absolutely right. Um, Orlando City tasted silverware. They got that U.S. Open Cup. Um, and I really thought at the beginning of the season they were going to build on that. Um, unfortunately, they haven't uh, done too well at home. Uh, they've done great on the road. They, they picked up a, a surprise win over Philadelphia, which was uh, really big. Uh, but, you know, they, they haven't been able to win at home. So that leaves them three, two and three with 11 points. That's uh, ninth place in the Eastern Conference. They have a negative two goal, goal differential. Uh, and yeah, that their home record is one, three and two. Um, you know, th and that that does include a, a good draw against Stigris in the Champions League. Um, yeah, no, it's not great. But then again, we we only picked up our first one of the season, so you're doing better than we are, Edmano. Definitely, yeah. Than and we are. and um, and that's but, what a lot of people that's what a lot of people miss too. You know what I mean? A, a lot of people miss that it could be worse, right? It could be worse. Uh, and and soccer, it's it's unpredictable, man. You know, like like right now, DC could be above us on eighth spot. But then let's say Orlando beats Galaxy. They go on the road. They win in the next one. They'll be four or four, fourth or fifth place in the East, right? And uh, and then, you know, it's just a matter of, I think, our culture, our soccer culture in, in the city, it's still growing. And on the side of you guys, you guys, because you guys are so closer to, a, like, you guys are, you have, have like four teams, right? You know what I mean? Talking about San Jose Earthquakes. You guys have... LA Galaxy, five-time MLS champ. So there's a soccer culture bred already in there. LAFC now, they come out, out of nowhere. The MLS darling and all of that good stuff. They're right there, you know? So uh, you guys are probably more uh, in tune with the constructive criticism. And I think also the clubs are more in tune of the criticism. And in our side, there's really not so much of that. So it's, it's developing now. Right. It's growing. So uh, um, but what to me, what are some of the things Orlando needs to do to win against L.A.? I'm going to I'm going to say right now, I, I didn't even say it in my pod. First of all, first and foremost, I believe uh, Urgent Kara needs to start. Uh, he's the DP. I don't know. And that's another thing that we, we try to ask Pareja why Kara was not uh, starting, you know, and that's his decision. Um, neither Urgent Cara nor Ramiro Enrique have scored in the regular season yet. So Maguire isn't available. So I think Cara needs to get the start. I, I will feel like that's the way probably it's going to go. And then probably in the 60th, 70th minute, you're going to see Ramiro Enrique come in and play the false nine. Uh, one thing is Chicharito, man. I mean, uh, Chicharito, whether you like him or not, Chicharito is Chicharito. So, I mean, he's, he, he I mean, Uh, just by saying that he's a player that you cannot give spaces in the box. He will capitalize the chances he's going to get. And you got to make sure that you have a plan to uh, neutralize Chicharito, right? And so I feel like our center back duo needs to be on point. Uh, I believe that um, I don't think the line of three is going to work against the Galaxy. I think Orlando needs to go back to a classic formation with four defenders in the back. 
because I honestly, if Benteke looked like er, er, um, Erling Holland, pretty much <laughs> against the Benteke, some a player that came pretty much to retire to the MLS. Uh, you're you're going to give Ananda. You're going to give Ananda like nightmares right now. He, uh, as an Arsenal fan, he he shudders when he hears that name, Erling Holland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, like, I mean, Benteke looked like a like a like a great like a 23 year old striker against Orlando yeah. because unfortunately the center back duo did not work. Like that line of three did not work, and uh, I think Orlando took too long to change uh, the lineup. So you you don't want to do the same thing with Chicharito. So that's to me the first step. And then make sure that, you know, um, create that pressure in the mid, right? I believe Orlando is playing right now with Araujo and with Mauricio Pereira as an eight. And to me, I see Mauricio Pereira more as a creative creative 10. Un creativo, un 10. Un 10 creativo que reparte el balón, ¿no? Eh, el problema acá es que creo que contra un equipo como el Galaxy, yo sé que no va a jugar Ricky Puch, Ricky Puch no va a jugar. Pero hay jugadores que, por ejemplo, Tyler Boyd, hay, hay jugadores interesantes en el medio campo. Yo, te, yo usaría un 4-2-3-1 con Araujo y Cartagena, o con Araujo o Dagger Dan, ¿no? que son dos seis de, dos, eh, defensivos, ¿no? mediocampistas defensivos, eh, two defensive midfielders, en eh, a ten. Eh, ¿quién, ¿Quién sería el 10? Yo haría descansar a Mauricio Pereira. I will rest Mauricio because okay. I've seen Mauricio losing the ball. Orlando is losing the ball a lot in the mid and teams are going off the counter on Orlando and capitalizing. So I believe that Facundo Torres, the $13 million man, who has not been performing maybe the way he did last season, I think he needs to give the chance to maybe play more freely on the 10 uh, and not feel so attached to the right wing and just uh, play in the 10 and just do the things he used to do in Peñarol. I mean, he always cuts through the middle. I don't know if you've seen Facundo Torres how he plays. Facundo always cuts yeah. through the middle. So might as well just put him in the middle, man. You know what I mean? Just put him in the middle. Ponlo en el medio para que reparta el balón. And so that those are some of the things that I think Orlando could do. Uh, obvi obviously, it's good for Orlando that Ricky Puch is not playing because I've seen the past few uh, Galaxy games. And he's been, I mean, he wasn't the best player in Europe, right? Uh, I think they cut him loose in Barcelona because of his things. But, I mean, in the Galaxy, he's he, he's a DP, man. So he's, he's definitely that playmaker that he that people in Europe were talking about he's being that playmaker for for the galaxy so i feel like not having him there it's a huge chance for orlando to maybe try to try to exploit so yeah luis that that was really really good insight into uh what orlando city is doing and and kind of how they might line up uh, against us especially in light of of ricky or i think uh galaxy socials called him riquísimo uh this week <laughs> yeah so uh we, we call him ricky rocket or ricky razzle dazzle he won't be there he's <laughs> going to be a big miss for for the galaxy um yeah and I, I think you hit the nail on the head like um ananda do you have any questions for luis before we hit some predictions and um you know um let 
Luis go out and record his own podcast for the evening. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think Luis, you did a really good job, man, of a really good insight into Orlando and sort of um, even, you know, some of the questions I think you hit on already, sort of the danger man that you, that, you know, Chicharito, it looks like is the guy that you are really going to focus your defense on. Um, I, you know, it's interesting when I looked at the stats, uh, for you guys, I think, uh, for us, I don't know who would you label as your danger man? Like for us, like to me, I think just based off of like the people that have been, been killing us this year, uh, you know, a lot of them are either, either speedy wingers or midfielders or like creative players. So like the Amin Bossies. Uh, the Jordan Morris, the you know players like that. Man, Ojeda, Ojeda's still been playing really well this year. Yeah, Ojeda, Ojeda. Um, I mean, he had a fantastic season with Godoy Cruz in Argentina. Tuvo una temporada fantástica, y eso fue lo que lo llevó a la MLS. Uh, that's what he, mm-hmm. what he made it into the MLS. He wanted to play here, um, and you know. Slowly but surely, first they put him as a 10, then it didn't work, then they put him as a wing. And then so uh, Pareja had a dilemma, right? Who's going to be my my right winger? Because it was Facundo, and now uh, now here we go. Uh, um, Ojeda is here. Now what am I going to do? And so uh, it's, for some games... We'll take him. Right. So <laughs> so I, I feel I feel honestly that they could both play together. It's just that um, Orlando has done well without one of them uh, in some games. And and I feel like uh, Pareja is putting... I know Mauricio Pereira is a captain, but I think Mauricio, for some games, he needs to take a breather and uh, because he's also a veteran, right? And so... And you need to use the $30 million man and, and try to exploit him as much as you can. And when it comes to creating that the game, right, creating game, creating offensive prowess, because if you're going to just have him, you know, jogging in the, in the field, it's, it's not going to be a good look for you. I mean, you know what I mean? So uh, I feel like, oh, you mean Douglas Costa, right? Like, like Douglas <laughs> Costa, like for example, I, I get uh, when Efrain Alvarez comes in and plays, right? So he, he's, he's that sub that, causes sometimes impact right uh two with um you know uh you know because now ricky push won't be there so i'm assuming that maybe alvarez will get some minutes right um i don't know Do you, or uh memo 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 rodriguez creo pero no sé no uri rosel now people are talking about uri rosel right uri rosel playing orlando i mean great guy i mean mm. a pleasure to interview him F- phenomenal person like nothing to say bad about Uri Rosel, but he's injury prone. So I feel, and also one thing about Uri is you, you pressure him a little bit and he loses the ball pretty easily. So mm. I think uh, it is important for uh, LA Galaxy to try to neutralize that mid for Orlando and caught him with the, with the turnovers, right? Because Orlando is committing a lot of turnovers lately. That would be one, one, one option. And so I don't know who you're, your your sixes are but i mean i think they need to be on point i think if they are on point and then they're giving araujo you know they're going head to head with him and you know they could definitely use that i mean the the climates are very similar people say there's a lot of humidity but i've been to la and i mean it's hot too man so it's like yeah. that's like desert hot sometimes so 
it's um yeah. i think uh galaxy has a huge chance here too you know uh and unfortunately if, if that happens i don't want to be part of that <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know that, that that show we're gonna have on monday at 8 30 is gonna be crazy that's all i'm gonna say hey well we'll definitely be listening no matter what happens uh you know, no matter if the Galaxy get that win or, or Orlando City gets that win, um, you know, I, you know, you mentioned Facundo Torres earlier. He, of course, got the goal last year when they beat the Galaxy at home. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's who I'm really scared of. You you mentioned earlier, like, have you seen that man play? Yeah, I've seen that guy play and he, he's he's a beast. Like when he gets going, he's very dangerous. And and that's why he scored that goal last year for sure. But yeah. um, I mean, now, Galaxy- now that we've, we've spoken about. Go, no, go, go ahead, Luis. No, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. My apologies. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say, like, so now that we've spoken about the ways that Orlando City and the Galaxy could potentially hurt each other, let's go ahead and get into a prediction. And I'm going to ask Luis for his prediction first. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, you guys have pretty good players. You guys have, I think... Uh, you guys have a good problem with Aude and Caligari because Caligari came from Fluminense um, and Aude, he's from Lanús. Um, I've seen Aude played, very good uh, left back. Um, so again, you know, it's the backs. It's going to be a back battle. So um, if, if Orlando lines up uh, the line of three, uh, there's a 3-5-2 uh, or 3-5-1-1. Uh, I would, uh, I will give it to the Galaxy. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I don't think with Aude and Caligari, if they're going to be part of the, of the starting eleven for the Galaxy, I think Aude um, right now it's, it's, it's a attack and defending left back in my opinion. But I mean, obviously I'm Orlando, so I mean I would love to see Orlando at least win two to one. You know, um, I'll give, uh, I'll give a. Two one win, Orlando win. You know, hopefully, it, Pareja lines up a four four three three or a, or a four four two five uh, four two three one. You know, I would like to see that a four two three one uh, lineup, just like the MLS is back, just like when they played a uh, U.S. Open Cup final. Like I want to see that that lineup again, um, and it's gonna be tough because you got also. I mean, in that mid, uh, you not only have uh, Ricky Push uh, missing, but don't don't sleep on Tyler Boyd. I mean, Tyler Boyd is a good player. Um, oh, I've been calling him all year to another. Yeah, Tyler Boyd is a good player, and then Jovilich, You know, he can appear here and there. I think uh, Jovilich and Kara on the same boat. I mean, they're not really performing the best as you can want them to be. And I think one of the spaces for Orlando, that I feel I need to exploit is Caceres, right? Matias Caceres. Um, unfortunately, like, I mean, I, I thought, I thought. Uh, you know, I was really surprised that the Galaxy signed him, in my opinion. I mean, uh, and uh, and I think Cáceres sometimes, just like, uh, you know, Antonio Carlos or maybe Rodrigo Schlegel, uh, Rodrigo Schlegel sometimes uh, when you do through balls, uh, he's a little slow in, in trying to pick the pace now because he's obviously almost 37 years old. But, you know, I think Orlando could exploit that, but... I will say a two-one Orlando win, uh, and uh, it, but if there's a line of three, I think it'll be a Galaxy win for sure. Mm. So we're just calling a two-one Orlando win. Ananda, hit me. What's that prediction? 
So I'm going to go to one the other way. I'm going to go to one galaxy. And it's funny, Luis, you mentioned uh, nosotros queremos el contrario, que es that we don't play a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, but we actually do want to play with the 3-5-2 because uh, no tenemos wingers. No tenemos nadie. Um, we only have... Because Douglas Boyd. Costa... We only have Tyler Boyd. Douglas Costa hasn't played 90 minutes. He's only come off the bench for maybe 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, and you know, the fans aren't very happy with him right now, but he's kind of working his way back to, back to fitness. Uh, the other thing is we, it exploits our, and we've been talking about this a lot, uh, the last couple shows, but, um, it exploits the skill, uh, and the profile of our two wingbacks of Calagari and well, in this particular case, Calagari would play right center back and Boyd would actually play the wing back to create the width, but Aude and Boyd in a three, five, two, they create the width from the, from the wide areas. And we saw that a lot, uh, versus Austin. And that's what, uh, Robert and I were watching that game in the stadium. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, 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 that gave us, you know, some reason for hope because there hasn't been much hope this season in the galaxy. Um, but I think we will give up a goal. I think it will be Fagundo because like you said, uh, if let's say um, Pareja plays the three back system, you're pretty much lining up Fagundo against Cáceres and that's never a good thing. And if Aude is too far pushed up, um, you know, it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one situation and I don't like the look of that. So, uh, I think we are going to give up a goal and I think it is going to be close. Uh, you know, both teams are not in the best sort of, we don't have the best mojo right now. We, you know, yeah, we're very up here. and down. Yeah. So it's going to be a testy game, I think. Um, but I'm counting on and having Ricky is not a big miss, but the other Mateman, Gaston Brugman, I think is going to yeah, be a Brugman, key person. Too. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be a key person in this game for ball progression and doing some of the things that Ricky's didn't do. So uh, all that to say, uh, I think it's going to be 2-1. I think Chicharita will net another goal, second goal of the season. And uh, yeah, we're just we're just going to edge it out for two wins in a row, Robert. How about that? I agree. We're going to pick up another win. Um, how we're going to do it, I think it's going to be ugly. I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, obviously Orlando's playing for something too. They, they're they trying to get that first win. Well, no, they got they got a first win on opening day, but they're trying to regain yeah. that home form. So they're they're trying to, you know, re recover and, and defend their house on, on a Saturday night at 7.30, probably in front of a, a really good crowd that's out yeah. there to support them. Mm -hmm. Them, the Lions, and, and Bappi, apparently. Uh, I didn't know that that Lonoscar was called Bappi, but hey, I'll, I'll roll with it. Um, I I don't know. You know, it's kind of... Anyway. No, I, you know, I know, uh, I know. <laughs> para mí también. Para mí es medio raro que le digan Bappi. Yo no le llamaría a otro hombre Bappi, pero ese es mi, mi, eso, así le dicen. Así le dicen. <laughs> no, es, es chistoso porque a veces le digo a este, a este vato, a Nando, like, oye, Bappi, tal cosa, pero, like, you know, like, I don't know if it, some guy that I don't know was like, claro, hey, call me Bappi, I'd be like. Sí, sí, eso es muy cierto. Yeah. Muy cierto. Ok. Muy cierto, muy cierto. Sure, sure. Okay, I'll call you. I'll call you whatever you want, man. I'm I'm, I'm all about your freedom of expression. But anyway, yeah, I uh, I think yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pull out that uh, that win. I think it's gonna be like a, a two goal win. I think that um, Orlando, since they haven't playing well at home, man, I don't think they're they're gonna they're gonna discover it this game. I think Pooj is gonna be a big miss, but it is gonna be a battle. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get two goals in like really unorthodox ways, like really galaxy type ways. Uh, you know, that's just yeah, what it is. And, we've had and, to battle and, for and, everything and, and this and year. What I like about you guys is that you guys, when you guys talk about, you know, a win's a win, 
right? I mean, I don't care how you play. It's a win, right? It's the opposite over there. They they wanna they wanna play pretty, and they miss the fact that a win's mm. a win. And so I personally myself, as a, as a as a as a soccer fan in in general, I want my team to win. I don't care how, but I'm a te- I want right. my team. I want those three points. I don't care if it's with a with a get those three with a, with a yeah. I don't want if it's like with a with a hand of God. I don't I don't care. I just want the three points. Um, and I think that's what's missing. Uh, a little bit there, and uh, because you have so many dynamic players in in uh, in Orlando, like Gaston Gonzalez, like um, Ojeda, Facundo, so they're they're, exp- they're expecting tiki taka, sp- and that's not going to happen. So uh, another thing I wanted to tell you guys real quick before I go, um, winning the mid for you guys is going to be huge. So Brookman, actually thinking about it. Right. He's played against Araujo already. He's played against, you know, some of the, I don't think Pereira, but maybe Araujo he has when Pereira was in Montevideo Wanderers. So they kind of, he kind of knows. Uh, so if, if you guys win the mid and you have Aude and Calegari in great shape, I think Orlando's going to have a tough time with that. And I think maybe in this case, looking at your lineup, I think, Yes, it's probably good for you guys to have that three-five-two because Aude can do the back and forth for sure. He did it in Lanús, uh, and uh, Brugman he's good trying to recoup the ball. Now, when it comes to Orlando, and I'm saying this, if any Orlando fan is listening, you gotta line up your four out back. Just play conservatively against this team. Don't 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 feel like they're you know just because. I mean, soccer is long and it's unpredictable. Um, you know, they they have <laughs> players that you may not know. They're not Ronaldo. They're not so and so. But they're players that they can hit you where it hurts. And uh, if we're gonna go yeah. and play again with a line of three, leaving spaces, and our mid not being on point, and you having a Brugman and a boy that's trying to eat the mid, a delgado is gonna come out and try to recoup the ball. That's going to be huge for us. And so that's why I, I say that uh, Orlando needs to play conservatively now at home instead of just like they do it away. Away, what they do is they play the counter. That's what Orlando does. They play the counter and they have success at playing the counter. But at home, I feel like they want to touch the ball more. They want to like play fancy. They want to like dominate the mid. And you cannot do that now in a league in where all the teams are getting good players and the level of, of skill has grown tremendously and um, you, you just cannot, you just got to win, man. You know, you got to find a way. And so I feel like that's another thing that, that galaxy could do to definitely capitalize in this game. Yeah. Well, if, if Orlando city fans are listening um, and Poppy is listening, I'm going to tell you something completely opposite. Throw caution to the wind, go for it. Uh, attack, attack, attack. Um, because the Galaxy community needs yeah. a win right now after everything that's happened this week and keeps on happening with the, you know, with the protests. So the only one win this season. So, yeah, uh, hopefully the Galaxy can get that that second win. And, and Galaxy fans, uh, obviously, if you're listening, I, I want to tell you, uh, you know, me and Orlando think we're going to get that second win. Of course, Luis thinks we'll get that second win if, if Orlando plays with three in the back. Uh, if not, he thinks that they'll go ahead and pick up their uh, second home. home That's crazy to say, but it is true. I mean, uh, and, and and Orlando has yeah. everything uh, to, and that's why people are so frustrated because 
Orlando has everything. They have the, the, the heat, the humidity, the pitch is, you know, the fans are really close to the pitch. Like you got the wall and there's always at least 20,000, 21,000 fans there. And, uh, you know, and it's just that they're not able, like the game against DC, almost 20,000 people. And they, you know, imagine it's your first time going to see Orlando. Small market. Hey, we're making a trip right? next year then. You pay for your ticket. Yeah. It's like 85 bucks. And then you see them lose 3-1. Then you're like, shit, I'm uh, right. Eesh. And it's your first soccer game. Yeah. See, so that's mm. the issue that's happening there. So, so yeah. Mm. Well, you know, the LA Galaxy go to Orlando, uh, you know, to kind of escape everything that's going on here at home. Uh, as we've mentioned, they're trying to pick up that, that second one of the season. Uh, we want to uh, remind you guys that Anand and I are calling a win. Um, Luis is calling a win for Orlando and yeah, well, we'll see how it shakes out this Saturday at four 30, uh, over there in, in Orlando time. If you're here on the West coast, that'll be at seven 30. So hopefully, um, you know, the, the conditions the, the weather isn't too, too warm for, for anybody out there and they they're safe. But anyway, uh, we want to give a big shout out to our good friend, Luis Carlos Pineda for joining us today on the show. Please go ahead and catch his podcast Mondays at, sorry, I'm getting confused Mondays on the time now because of the time difference. PM. You said five thirty thirty PM Eastern, eight thirty so PM. That's right. I was like, what, what is that on, on Pacific Coast time? And, you know, of course, I'm <laughs> terrible at math. Uh, yeah, so that is called Loud and Proud Orlando. Make sure and catch that. Um, he has all the good insight on Orlando City and what's going on over there. Uh, and, of course, we'll keep bringing you our insight and what's happening in the LA Galaxy community here in Los Angeles on Lacuna Galaxiana. Uh, for uh, my co-host, Ananda Kirana. Uh, I'm Rob Halon, and this has been Lacuna Galaxiana. Thank you so much for everyone to listen for listening, and we'll catch you next time. G's up, peace. Welcome to the podcast, hablemos de lo nuevo For the G's, by the G's, que pasa en el terreno Vienen jugadores y se van, traiga lo nuevo A huevo, doesn't matter where you're from Salvador, Mexico, Honduras, Nicaragua Todo mi latino, come and listen for a hour TikTok Que traemos lo que quiere Todo lo que pasa dentro y fuera de las redes Really? You don't know what it is Reportamos con la lupa What we see at the dicks En las buenas y en las malas No olvidé la verdad Si cometen un error No tienen habilidad La calidad del rival Cuando viene a jugar Facts Yo no me muerdo la lengua Got love for the crest In the city I came from Los campeones de campeones Y con copas we raised Donde empezamos El programa Soy la voz de LA One Soy la voz de LA One Love